اوکے باب العرد فزکاتی العرد ان زکات میننگ گیونگ زکات ود عرد وٹ از عرد عرد از بیسکلی اے کماڈٹی اور گڈز ہیو یو ہرڈ آف دا ورڈ متا سو اٹس انانیمس ود متا سو اٹس بیسکلی اے تھنگ یو نو وین یو ٹاک اباؤٹ منی یو ٹاک اباؤٹ کیش اینڈ کائنڈ رائٹ کیش از دا منی اینڈ کائنڈ از دی آبجیکٹ سو الاؤدی فی زکات گیونگ زکات ان دا فارم آف گڈز دس از دا ڈسکشن اوور ہیئر دیٹ فار ایگزامپل اف اے پرسن ہیز ٹو گیو زکات آن سلور دیٹ واز دا پریویس ٹاپک زکات آن سلور سو زکات از ڈیو آن سلور سو شوڈ اے پرسن گیو سلور ان زکات اور کین دے گیو کیش ان پلیس آف ایٹ اور فار ایگزامپل فوڈ ان پلیس آف ایٹ بائی سم تھنگ ایلس بائی سم تھنگ ود دیٹ منی اینڈ گیو ٹو دا ون ہو از نیڈی یو انڈرسٹینڈ لائک فار ایگزامپل اف یو گیو اے پیس آف سلور ٹو اے پور پرسن وٹ دے Do you understand? Yes, some people can sell it, but everybody cannot. You understand? Likewise, a woman has, for example, you know, a gold bangle and zakat is due on it. So should she break that gold bangle and give a piece of it or can she give it in some other form? You understand? This is the question. Can zakat be given in some other form or does it have to be taken out of the property on which zakat is due? So for example, you have some gold do you have to give a portion of it or can you give its equivalent in some other form you understand so remember that the general rule is that zakat should be given from the property on which zakat is due so for example if zakat is due on gold it must be given in the form of gold from that gold if zakat is due on silver it must be given from that silver in the form of silver if zakat is due on cash it must be given in cash from that cash you understand that is the general rule however if there is some benefit for the poor person in giving him something else or for example there is ease for the person giving zakat then zakat can be given in some other form also all right but these conditions must be there what are the conditions ease for who for the poor person for the one receiving zakat or ease for who the person who is giving zakat now for example someone has a business let's say of lighting fixtures and we learned earlier that inventory that has been sitting for a year zakat is due on it So now, for example, these random lighting fixtures, are they going to take those random lighting fixtures and give those in zakat? That's useless for people. But if they check, okay, what is its value in cash? And so they give that cash amount in zakat, wouldn't that be better? It would be better for the giver and for the person receiving. You understand? So remember that the general rule is what? How should zakat be given? In the same kind from the wealth on which zakat is due that is a general rule so you can check this just to make it easy you can check this on the website islamq.info there's a fatwa present over there i got this information from the book that i mentioned to you at the beginning the explanation of sahih bukhari by sheikh ibn uthaymin so he has mentioned this in the explanation of this section however imam bukhari also brings a proof over here so what's the proof that he brings waqala tawus قال معاذ رضي الله عنه لأهل اليمن 
So Tawus said that Mu'adh radiallahu anhu, he said to the people of Yemen, remember that Mu'adh radiallahu anhu was sent to Yemen as a governor by the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And one of the things that Mu'adh radiallahu anhu was supposed to do was also to collect zakat from the people of Yemen and distribute it amongst the poor people of Yemen. But remember that there came a point where the people of Yemen were very well off and so zakat was sent elsewhere. Alright, so it was sent where? To Medina first, and then from Medina it was dispersed wherever it was necessary. And remember that in Medina there was a lot of poverty because so many people would come to Medina. And that was the center. So, Mu'adh radiallahu anhu said to the people of Yemen that, اِئْتُونِي بِعَرْضٍ Bring me ard. Ard as in kind, things. Which things? Thiabin, clothes. Which clothes? Khamisin aw labisin. Bring me these kinds of clothes. What is khamis? Khamis is a certain type of cloth. And labis is basically something that is worn. Alright, like a garment. So you could say that khamis is open, loose, and labis is stitched. Or it can be understood as labis is something that has been worn previously. So basically, Mu'adh radiallahu anhu told them to bring him what? Clothes. Why? For sadaqah. For sadaqah. And by sadaqah, what is meant is zakat. Why did he ask them to bring these clothes? Makana sha'iri wa dhurrati. In place of barley and millet. Alright, so they had to give zakat on what? On barley and millet. But he said, don't bring me barley and millet. Bring me clothing that is of equivalent value to the zakat that you have to give. Why? Because ahwanu alaykum. It will be easy on you. What was the ease for them? We don't know, but somehow it was easier for them to give the clothes. وَخَيْرٌ لِأَصْحَابِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَمَ بِالْمَدِينَةِ And it will be better for the companions of the Prophet ﷺ in Medina. Because this zakat was going to be sent where? To Medina. And in Medina they didn't need this food. What they needed was clothes. So you see here that even though Zakat was supposed to be given in the form of what? Millet and barley. He said, no, don't bring that. Bring me clothes. Secondly, وَقَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ Imam Bukhari brings another statement over here of the Prophet ﷺ that وَأَمَّا خَالِدٌ As for Khalid, this is Khalid ibn Walid اِحْتَبَسَ أَدْرَاعَهُ He has retained his adra'. Adra' is chainmail. وَأَعْتُدَهُ أَعْتُدْ is weapons or horses. فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ In the way of Allah. This is basically a portion of a much longer hadith that will come later on. Basically what happened was that the Prophet ﷺ sent some people to collect zakat and when they went to Khalid bin Walid anhu, demanding from him that he should give zakat from his horses and his belongings, he refused. Why? Because it was his personal stuff and they thought it was meant for sale. So the Prophet ﷺ said over here that he had اِحْتَبَسَ أَدْرَاعَهُ وَأَعْتُدَهُ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ That he has kept it as a waqf. Right? He has kept it as a waqf. So basically what happened was that they asked him, the people sent by the Prophet ﷺ, they asked Khalid anhu, give us the value of these things because zakat is due on them. You understand? They asked for the value. They didn't say, give us the horse, or give us this item, or that item. They said, give us its value. He didn't, he refused. 
Alright, as we'll find out. So the Prophet ﷺ explained to them why he didn't give zakat, because it, it was not zakat eligible. وَقَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ The third proof Imam Bukhari brings over here, that the Prophet ﷺ said, تَصَدَّقْنَ وَلَوْ مِنْ حُلِيِّكُنَّ Give sadaqah even if it is from your jewelry. He said this to who? To the women. فَلَمْ يَسْتَثْنِي So he did not distinguish صَدَقَةَ الْفَرْضِ مِنْ غَيْرِهَا The obligatory zakat from other charity. That's the first thing he did over here. He just said, give sadaqah. And so what happened in the hadith we learned that فَجَعَلَتِ الْمَرْأَةُ تُلْقِي خُرْصَهَا وَسِخَابَهَا And the women began bringing their earrings and their necklaces, meaning as charity or zakat. وَلَمْ يَخُصَّ الذَّهَبَ وَالْفِضَّةَ مِنَ الْعُرُودِ And the Prophet ﷺ did not specify gold and silver. Basically, he just generally encouraged them and the women brought whatever that they had. Whether it was made of silver or gold or what, he didn't specify. Right? So Imam Bukhari is hinting over here that zakat can be given in some other form also. But remember, there is a condition that the ulama have set, which is that there must be some ease, convenience, some benefit for the poor. So what's the hadith that Imam Bukhari brings? حدثنا محمد بن عبد الله قال حدثني أبي قال حدثني سمامة أن أنسا رضي الله عنه حدثه أن أبا بكر رضي الله عنه كتب له التي أمر الله رسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم. So Abu Bakr رضي الله عنه wrote a letter to who? To Anas رضي الله عنه. And in that letter was what? The command that Allah gave to his messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم meaning Rulings related to zakat. Alright? Rulings related to zakat. Why did Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu send this letter? Because remember, this is the time when Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu was the khalifa. And Anas radiallahu anhu had been sent by him to Bahrain. So while Anas radiallahu anhu was in Bahrain, Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu sent him a detailed letter with the rulings related to zakat. Now we see over here evidence of writing during the time of the companions. Writing of what? Of the laws related to zakat. So if the laws related to zakat are being written, what do you think about other important rules of Islam? So they were written from the very beginning. So what was in the letter? The entire letter is not quoted here, but some of it is quoted. That in that, Abu Bakr anhu wrote that, وَمَنْ بَلَغَتْ صَدَقَتُهُ بِنْتَ مَخَاضٍ That whoever's wealth is such that he has to give a binta makhad. Now what is bint makhad? Don't literally translate it. Bint means daughter. Makhad, something else. Gonna sound really funny. I'm not gonna do it. Bint makhad is basically a certain type of camel, which I will tell you about. So the person who is supposed to give a bint makhad, okay, this is what's happening. He's supposed to give bint makhad as zakat. But walaysat indahu, he doesn't have it. And instead, warindahu bintu labunin. Alright, instead he has a bint laboon. فَإِنَّهَا تُقْبَلُ مِنْهُ Then the bint laboon will be accepted from him. In place of what? Bint makhad. Now you see, technically bint makhad should be given, but what is he giving? What is being taken from him? Bint laboon. Why? Why? For ease. He doesn't have bint makhad. Where is he supposed to produce it from? So how is he going to give his zakat? He can give it in some other form. فَإِنَّهَا تُقْبَلُ مِنْهُ وَيُعْطِيهِ الْمُصَدِّقُ But the thing is that bint laboon is of more value compared to bint makhad. Right? It's more value. So what's going to happen? The musaddiq, meaning the person collecting the zakat, 
is going to give him the change. So what's the change? The change is عشرين درهما, twenty dirham, twenty silver coins, أو شاتين or two sheep. فإن لم يكن عنده بنت مخاض على وجهها, if he does not have bint مخاض, وعنده ابن لبون, but he has ابن لبون now, all right, another kind of a camel. فَإِنَّهُ يُقْبَلُ مِنْهُ وَلَيْسَ مَعْهُ شَيْءٍ Then it will be taken from him and he will not get any change back. Now why does Imam Bukhari bring this hadith over here to prove that something else can be given in zakat? As long as it is of equivalent value. Now what is a bint makhad? Now these terms you should become familiar with because a lot of the hadith that will come will mention these. So bint makhad is a one-year-old she-camel. One-year-old she-camel. This means that it has completed its first year and now it is in its second year. Bint Laboon is two-year-old she-camel. So what does that mean? That this she-camel is now in its, which year? Third year. So Bint Makhad, now remember that for camels, what did we learn earlier? For five camels, zakat is due. For less than five, zakat is not due. So for five camels, remember that one sheep is to be given in zakat. Alright, that's the rule. For five camels, one sheep is to be given in zakat. And this means that for every five camels, one sheep is to be given. So for example, if a person has 20 camels, then how many sheep? Four. But if a person has 25 camels, if he has 24 camels, then still four sheep. 23 camels, still four sheep. But if it's more than 25, less than 35, so between 25 and 35, okay, one camel. But that one camel is which camel? It is bint makhad. Which camel is that? Now you tell me. The one-year-old she-camel. You know what? Inshallah, I'll show you a table. That'll really help you out, inshallah, that for up to 24 camels, one sheep per five camels. For 25 to 35 camels, now you have to give it in the form of a camel. But which camel? Which camel? One year old, right? She camel. The value of one camel is more than four sheep. If it is 36 to 45 camels now, then bint laboon is due. Bint laboon is the two year old one. Now remember that 36 to 45. Now remember that the two-year-old camel is more valuable than the one-year-old camel. Because the one-year-old camel is still young, the two-year-old one can, you know, have children very soon. Go ahead. Yes. For the 36 to 45, one camel. Which camel? The two-year-old she-camel, meaning the camel that is in its third year. So we see over here that Abu Bakr anhu allowed two alternatives. In this hadith we see that if a person does not have the bint makhad that he's supposed to give, then he has two options. What are the two options? The first option is he can give a bint laboon, an older camel which is of more value. But then that's unfair to him. He's giving extra zakat. You understand? So then the zakat collector will give him something back. What will he give him back? Either two sheep or 20 silver coins. The other option is, the other alternative is, a two-year-old male camel, which is Ibn Laboon. Ibn Laboon is two-year-old male camel. Now you see, a two-year-old male camel is being given in place of one-year-old 
female camel. Why? Because the she camel is worth more than male camel. Now, this seems a little irrelevant, but I want you to appreciate how our deen works. That first of all, you see the justice and the fairness and the ease which is in our deen. That just because something is due doesn't mean that you're stuck to that and you have no other option. Remember that there's a very important rule that al-mashaqqatu tajlibu taysir. That hardship brings ease. That, you know, if a person is in some difficult condition, then the matter should be made easy for him. So if a person is not able to give something in zakat, then he should be given some other alternatives. And then secondly, we see how precise our deen is. Like you see the numbers, the exact numbers, the exact ages and, you know, the gender of the camel. So our deen is very precise. There is detail and yet with that detail, there is ease also. حدثنا مؤمل حدثنا إسماعيل عن أيوب عن عطاء ابن أبي رباح قال قال ابن عباس رضي الله عنهما أشهد على رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لصلى قبل الخطبة ابن عباس said that I'm a witness to the fact that the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم he prayed before the khutbah meaning he performed Eid Salah before giving the khutbah and he says أشهد I bear witness to this so in Eid Eid Salah how is it? What comes first and what comes next? The salah and then khutbah. What about Jumu'ah? Khutbah and then salah. فَرَأَى أَنَّهُ لَمْ يُسْمِعِ النِّسَاءِ So when he gave the khutbah, he realized that the women did not hear him. Why did the women did not hear him? Because there was no microphone. Right? This was Eid. And on Eid, this was a huge crowd. So the women could not hear him. فَأَتَاهُنَّ So he went to them. This is after the khutbah. He went especially to the women. وَمَعَهُ بِلَالٌ And with him was Bilal. And what did Bilal رضي الله عنه do? He نَاشِرَ ثَوْبِهِ He spread out his garment, like on the floor. He spread it out. And then the Prophet ﷺ فَوَعَضَهُنَّ he, he advised the women. He spoke to them. وَأَمَرَهُنَّ أَنْ يَتَصَدَّقْنَ And he instructed them to give sadaqah. فَجَعَلَتِ الْمَرْأَةُ تُلْقِي So a woman began throwing, meaning throwing in that thawb, in that cloth. وَأَشَارَ أَيُوبِ إِلَىٰ أُذُنِهِ وَإِلَىٰ حَلْقِهِ And Ayub, the narrator, he indicated his ears and neck. So basically he said, فَجَعَلَتِ الْمَرْأَةُ تُلْقِي So what is meant by the ear? Earrings. And what is meant by the neck? Necklace. So what do we see here? That the women gave jewelry instead of coins. You understand? They gave jewelry instead of coins. So what do we learn from this? What can you give in charity? Only cash? Only cash? No. Anything. What about food? I mean, of course, when it comes to zakat, then it's, you know, it's more specific. But in general also, when it comes to giving charity, you're not limited to cash only. باب لا يجمع بين متفرق ولا يفرق بين مجتمعين. Another very important rule Imam Bukhari brings over here. That لا يجمع, it should not be combined together. بَيْنَ مُتَفَرِّقٍ Between مُتَفَرِّق مُتَفَرِّق are individuals. Meaning individual people should not start combining their wealth when zakat is due. وَلَا يُفَرَّقُ بَيْنَ مُجْتَمِعٍ And what is combined also should not be separated. Why would people do that? Combine their wealth or separate it with others. Why? 
in order to somehow avoid giving zakat. This is similar to how when taxes are due, what do people do? They will open up three accounts. This is for my child, this is for the other child, and this much money is transferred into this daughter's account and that much money into the wife's account, but you can't use it. But it's just done. Why? Why? To basically avoid giving taxes or to reduce it as much as possible. Can you do something like this in zakat? No, you cannot. This is hila, like this is trickery, and this kind of trickery is not allowed. So let me give you an example of this. An example of joining wealth to avoid giving zakat. How does that happen? Now remember that if a person has 40 sheep, okay, if a person has 40 sheep, then zakat is due on it, okay? How much zakat? One sheep. So let's suppose one man has 40 sheep and his brother has 40 sheep. He has 40 sheep and his brother also has 40 sheep. So what do they do? They combine them. They say, well, you know what? This is together ours. This is 80 sheep. Now the thing is that on 40 to 100 something, 120 I believe, if I'm not mistaken, don't write that. But 40 to like a little over 100, only one sheep is due. You understand? Only one sheep is due. So what these guys are doing over here is that when they combine their wealth, they have to give only one sheep. But if they keep it separate as it is, then how much zakat is due? Each person has to give one sheep each. So you understand what's happening? An example of separating. There is no zakat for less than 40 sheep. No zakat for less than 40 sheep. And also remember that zakat is only due on sheep that go outside for grazing. Remember that if a person is bringing food for his animals, for his livestock, right? he's buying feed and giving it to them, zakat is not due on those animals. Zakat is only due on animals that go outside and pasture freely. You understand? Okay? So this guy has 40 sheep. Okay, zakat collector is coming. What does he do? He divides his flock. How? That he sends 35 to pasture and he keeps five in the barn. Why does he keep them in the barn? So that he can show to the zakat collector, well, you know what? I feed five myself. I have to buy the food for them. And only 35 go to pasture. So that means I don't have to give zakat. You understand? So again, he's avoiding giving zakat over here. It's a trick. So wealth should not be separated or combined so as to avoid giving zakat. All right? Now, you have a question? When they're talking about sheep and they're talking in the uh, hypothetical sense, in the sense that one value of sheep, like it says five camels, okay. one value of today's camel is equivalent to, or, or it's talking actual. This is actual camels and sheep because and cattle. Well, it says camels and five awak, which is silver. Yeah. So remember, for silver, there's a different nisab. For camels, there's a different nisab. For sheep, there's a different nisab. For gold, there's a different nisab. Right? I mean, there are different sliding scales for gold. And exactly. For gold, different scales. Silver, different scale. For sheep, different scale. For camels, different scale. So, inshallah, we'll get there. Okay? Inshallah, we'll get there. Here, because camels and all, it's a little complicated, so I just want to focus a little bit on the animals, and then inshallah we'll get to the other kinds of property. Go ahead. I've heard in Pakistan they get 
Ramadan from the bank. Okay. So they get their money out of the bank in Ramadan, so they don't have to give the bath to the Okay. So again, any form of trickery to avoid giving zakat is not permissible. You know, sometimes what happens is that a woman has, for instance, some jewelry. So it's hers, and she has in mind that, okay, I'll give this to my daughter. And so what happens that when it's time to give zakat, she says, no, it's not technically mine, it's for my daughter. But when the daughter says, can I wear it? No, no, you can't wear it. Right? The daughter has no control over it. Well, then it's technically the mother's. So she should not separate it. All right, she should count it as part of her wealth and give zakat on it. Okay. Okay. So remember when it comes to zakat on livestock, zakat is only due on camels, sheep, goat, same category, and thirdly, cattle. Remember something about livestock though. If this livestock is being used for personal use or it's being used for some work, like for example, a person has some cattle, and, you know, they're used for farming. You understand? For farming, like for the fields, to bring water, to plow the land and things like that. Then there's no zakat on them. If a person has camels and those camels are his means of transportation, there's no zakat on that. Zakat is due on the livestock that, you know, a person has. And this livestock goes, grazes outside freely. Then zakat is due on it. If he is buying food and giving the food to the livestock, then zakat is not due on it. If, however, there is any livestock, any animals that a person has for business, for trade, okay? So, for example, a person buys chickens and sells chickens. For example, is zakat due on that? Yes, but that will be treated as a business now. All right, so zakat on business will be applied over here. You understand the difference? So, I guess, like, but like in winter, you can't, like, yeah, then you can't. And this is the ease of our deen. Because if you're buying food and bringing it for the animals, there's an added burden on you. But if they go out, if they're taken out to the fields and they eat and they come back, so then you have to give zakat. Okay? The animals that are for service, there's no zakat, right? But Exactly. You can gain income from their milk or by slaughtering them, things like that. Go ahead. Um, so if, let's say you have animals that do pasture mm-hmm. um, throughout the summertime, but then in the winter you're taking care of them, would that affect the timelines of the zakat? Yeah, it does affect. So zakat is due for the duration that they go for pasture. Okay. How exactly that will be calculated is a different matter, but as long as they're going for pasture, zakat is due on them. وَيُذْكَرُ عَنْ سَالِمٍ عَنِ ابْنِ عُمَرَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمَا عَنِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَمَ مِثْلُهُ This is mentioned in a narration. حدثنا محمد بن عبد الله الأنصاري قال حدثني أبي قال حدثني سمامة أن أنسا رضي الله عنه حدثه أن أبا بكر رضي الله عنه كتب له التي فرض رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم So in the letter that Abu Bakr رضي الله عنه sent, he mentioned in it وَلَا يُجْمَعُ بَيْنَ مُتَفَرِّقٍ that the wealth of individuals should not be combined. Nor shared wealth be split up. Because of the fear of having to pay more zakat. Now remember that if a person has, you know, for example, their own gold and silver, and for example, their own money, cash that has been sitting, right, for a year, can they combine all of that and give zakat on it? Yes, that's what they're supposed to do. 
your own property, of course you will combine all of that. But remember that there are certain types of wealth which can be combined and there are certain types of wealth which cannot be combined when it comes to your own wealth. So for example, gold, silver, cash, these things are, they can be combined today because silver has a dollar value, gold has a dollar value. So you combine that with the cash and then calculate zakat. But when it comes to animals such as, you know, if a person has a herd of, let's say, camels back home, for instance, then can they combine as dollar value? No. You have to give zakat on camels in the way that zakat is to be given on camels. So there's some parts of your wealth which you can combine, and there's some parts which you cannot combine. باب ما كان من خليطين فإنهما يتراجعان بينهما بالسوية. Now sometimes people genuinely, actually, truly share their wealth. Here we learned that you cannot combine to avoid zakat. Two neighbors is coming together to fake that they're partners and just to avoid zakat. That's not permissible. But what if two people actually share a property? Exactly. So ما كان من خليطين. خليطين are two خليط. خليط are is basically partners. فَإِنَّهُمَا يَتَرَاجِعَانِ بَيْنَهُمَا بِالسَّوِيَّةِ So they're going to pay zakat in equal shares. What does that mean? Now for example, two brothers, let's say, have inherited camels from their father. For example. And how much do they share? 50-50. Technically it's 50-50. So how is zakat to be given? Now, sometimes what happens is that property can be very clearly separated. But some property is such that you cannot clearly separate it. You cannot distinguish what is his and what is mine. And you understand this, right? So for example, even living in your house, right? Can you say, no, this is mine and that is yours and this is mine and that is yours. I bought this dish and you bought that dish. You can't do that, right? It's very hard because it's all mixed up. So just like that, when you have animals, sometimes those animals are also mixed up. So what should be done over here? This is the issue of combined zakat. So they have shared ownership. Now, let's say 50-50, and the zakat that is due is one sheep, for example. Now, technically, one sheep is to be given. How is that sheep supposed to be given? Can they give 50% sheep each? No, then the sheep would have to be slaughtered. And you you don't slaughter the sheep. You have to give the animal. You have to give the live animal. So you can't slaughter it and say, okay, 50% from me, 50% from him. So how do you cut the sheep? How do you divide it? So what will happen is that one person will give the sheep and the other person will give him what he owes in some other form. So for example, the 50% of the value of the sheep He will give him in the form of dirham or in the form of something else just to make things fair. All right. So we see over here, Imam Bukhari was of the opinion that uh, zakat can also be given, shared zakat on shared property. وَقَالَ طَاوُوسٌ وَعَطَاءٌ إِذَا عَلِمَ الْخَلِيطَانِ أَمْوَالَهُمَا فَلَا يُجْمَعُ مَالُهُمَا If the two partners know their individual shares, their property is not combined. So remember, this is not a general rule. So for example, if you have a business, that you share with your brother, for example. 50% his, 50% yours. So let's say the actual value of that business, let's say the zakatable money is $10,000. So if 50% is yours, 50% is his, that means you have to give zakat on 5000 he has to give zakat on 5000 
Because here, you can clearly, very easily split it. It can be very easily identified what belongs to him and what belongs to you. But this is, this Bab is talking about where you cannot distinguish, where you cannot separate. وَقَالَ سُفْيَانُ لَا يَجِبُ حَتَّى يَتِمَّ لِهَذَا أَرْبَعُونَ شَاتًا وَلِهَذَا أَرْبَعُونَ شَاتًا Sufyan said it does not become obligatory until each of them has 40 sheep. Basically, it must reach the nisab. So basically, we learn about a couple of rules over here. What are those rules? That property, that shared property must reach the nisab. Secondly, that shared property must be mixed to such an extent that it cannot be separated. Or it cannot be identified what belongs to who. حدثنا محمد بن عبد الله قال حدثني أبي قال حدثني سمامة أن أنسا حدثه أن أبا بكر رضي الله عنه كتب له التي فرض رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم In the letter he said وما كان من خليطين فإنهما يتراجعان بينهما بالسوية If there are two equal partners they pay in equal parts between them And what does it mean by equal parts? That one will incur the cost of the zakat Alright, 100% And the other will Pay him. Alright, what he owes. Yes, go ahead. Someone has to be a partner has to pay what he owes. Mm-hmm. That means there is a, there's an actual value to it, right? Yeah. Does it contradict the first statement of knowing the value? So if you have 40 sheep, there is some value associated to that. So. I mean, of course, there is some value to it. I mean, you have to see, okay, one one sheep is approximately this many dirham, right? So 50% of that would be this much dirham. So he will give him. Then does it contradict the first statement? Uh, Which statement? If know the value of the shares, then it is not shared. So by 40 sheep and... and no, no. What is meant by that is that if their shared property is such that each person knows and he can identify his wealth then you cannot give combined zakat on it. Then each person has to give his own zakat. So basically, this is an exceptional case. If you can identify your wealth, your share, all right, then you give your own zakat. And where you cannot identify, then one person will incur the entire cost and the other will compensate him. Okay, Because it's zakat being given on shared amount. So one sheep on the 40 sheep. You can't split the sheep. So one person will give the entire sheep and the other will pay him what he owes. Inshallah, in a couple of abwab, things will get easier. Inshallah. And there's more coming on camels and sheep and what's it called? Cattle. So inshallah, I'll show you a table next time so that it's very clear to you, inshallah. Subhanakallahu bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha illa anta. Astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.